Hello everybody, welcome back to Beyond the Textbook. We're going to be getting real about learning English and uh, this is Aisha and uh, today my very special guest is Chilla and uh, Chilla is currently uh, a teacher at Elite Language Centre. She's been uh, in many roles with us and uh, perhaps I better let Chilla tell us a little bit more about herself. Welcome Chilla. Sure, thank you. Hello everyone. So my name is Chilla. I'm from Hungary and I have been teaching English for about 13 years now and I have been fortunate enough to have done it in six different countries so far oh. and uh, I am currently getting ready for my next adventure. <laughs> All right, so, so tell us uh, what, what six countries have you taught in? So I have taught English in Hungary, uh, England, Spain, Italy, Nepal, Malaysia, and um, Kuwait is the next it's destination. It's the next port of call. Yes. All right, great, exciting. <laughs> Which I'm very excited about. Yeah, good, good. Uh, so um, our topic today is um, if you had one piece of advice to give a new ESL teacher entering into the workforce, what would that one piece of advice be? Right, so I have been thinking about that and obviously there are thousands of pieces of advice which you know we could give um, a new ESL teacher but probably one thing that popped uh, into my mind something that could definitely help you understand your students uh, a lot better that would be to learn a foreign language to to sit you know uh, in a classroom and to understand what it's like not to understand things yeah, exactly. and uh, just to go back and start a language from scratch yeah and uh, just to really uh, you know just to gain a bit of perspective you know yeah. if you will you know what i'm trying to say yeah. Um, yeah 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 i think that's um that's actually one of the advantages of being someone like yourself who's clearly what I would describe as a native level English teacher. Um, I would say like you're, you're, you speak Hungarian, obviously. Yes. But you also are fluent in English. So it's kind of like, I would say you're like totally bilingual. Wouldn't that be the right way to describe it? You couldn't re I mean, perhaps you'd say, no, I'm hungry. I was Hungarian. I was born with that, speaking that, mm. but, but actually, you know, there's no way anyone can say that you don't have a native level uh, of, of English, mm. you know. Mm. Um, so for you, though, you were saying to me that earlier that, um, okay, you obviously spoke Hungarian from your family and so on, but you actually learned some other languages as well when you were an adult, right? Yes, absolutely. I've, I've learned about, you know, five different languages, and I'm not saying that I speak all those languages fluently right now. Um, but I've learned German, um, Spanish, Italian, Hindi, uh, Malay, uh, Bahasa Malaya before and uh, and I always found it um, just a fascinating experience you know yeah. as a as a foreign language teacher just to go yeah. back and yeah. sit in the classroom and to see what it really you know just to be reminded what it what it's like I mean for me as a non-native speaker to be reminded what it's like you know to 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 start, you know, from the very basics and and not to be able to communicate straight yeah, away, which yeah. is and how frustrating that can be, yeah. and uh, and also, you know, just to 
to be more patient you know yeah. i find that it actually helps you you know yeah. become a bit more patient yeah. with like total beginners for example yeah and to to understand where they are coming from a bit a bit more yeah so what about um you must also find because you've you've been in the student role um you must also be able to evaluate the teachers uh role Absolutely. in terms of what what you know <laughs> I'm sure you've had some amazing teachers, language teachers, but you've also had some really bad That's ones. That's true. Yeah. So what would you say you got from that, What observing your, your teacher, your language teacher? That's a very good point, actually, because I find that the more experienced uh, I become, um, I wouldn't say the more judgmental. <laughs> yeah, come on, I be get... honest. <laughs> I get as a, you know, um, sitting in a classroom as a student um, because I'm still like, you know, super keen and I'm trying to be a good student and I, you know, all these things. But at the at the very same time, of, of course, you can't help. But, you know, you, you're also like, oh, like, you know, I'd like more speaking activities yeah. or I wish we, 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 we would do more of this and that. And uh, um, I've actually had, you know, like I have a recent experience with this because I lived in Spain last year and Mm. and I, I attended the course throughout the entire mm. year and uh, you know I I couldn't help but you know like every single time when 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 the classes were you know like everything was dynamic and and, and yeah. we did lots of interesting activities and yeah. I was like oh my god you know that's why that's exactly why that was just you know um, to me um, encouraging me to do even more and more of that which yeah. I already do in the classroom but you know just how uh, enjoyable that is yeah. to have more of that so you're actually able to um, on that in that situation you are obviously able to understand what it's like to be a student mm. but you're also kind of able to evaluate um, what works with a student and what doesn't in mm. terms of the teaching styles and you know every teacher has their own style but um, like you say you, you do go away and you ask yourself wow that was really dynamic and I really enjoyed that mm. and then do you find yourself transposing that onto your own teaching uh, as well absolutely and now that we're we're talking about that you know I I actually had an ex like had two different uh, you know uh, kinds of experience because first I started with one teacher who had a very different uh, teaching style and method from the the one that took over later on and uh, we actually noticed with my classmates that we learned so much more we just yeah. found that it was a lot more productive and then we actually sat down and talked about it like what could have been different you know yeah. uh, as with a, the other students exactly yeah. with the other students and also teachers there were some of them were teachers themselves okay. ah, so that okay. was very interesting to analyze the entire situation yeah. like what made such a big difference and what we found is that the classes were a lot more fun yeah and not just a lot more fun but the uh, the grammar part was a lot better paced I just found that 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 it was more personalized to to the needs of the group yeah. which I always find extremely important yeah and uh, and the other part is that it was fun it was a nice combination of uh, of uh, you know just covering all the grammar structures that were needed to be covered and you know uh, 
providing plenty of opportunities for the students to practice for us to practice actually right, in, right. In, in different fun ways right so uh, I have very positive memories of, yeah. of that that yeah. second course yeah, yeah. well that's interesting um, so um, learning another language um, one of the things that that popped into my mind was okay the whole like you know at elite we have this this idea of um, someone as a native English teacher, which is the traditional version, mm. which is the the person from the UK or America, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, that sort of thing. And then there is the other, okay? Now, I would say that the other, to me, has a whole new lot of levels. For example, it used to be native teacher versus non-native teacher, and that was a very controversial issue. Nowadays, I would say that at Elite, we, we like to say we, we, we want to employ the best teachers we mm. can. It doesn't, doesn't matter what passport they have, mm. but we do consider them if they have native level English. Mm. That's what I think is, is the most important thing. Um, and, uh, the, you know, a lot of people say, oh, but if a person isn't uh, a native uh, English speaker, they will have an accent. I don't want to pick up an accent. This is the students, you know. And then we say, hey, have you ever listened to someone from Scotland? <laughs> have you ever listened to someone from Manchester? Mm. You know, these are supposedly native English speakers mm. i can't understand a word they're saying <laughs> don't tell me it's an accent issue here and not just accent but they have their, all their own colloquial colloquialisms yeah. and everything and it's not something the students would be able to pick up anyway you know what yeah. i mean it's yeah. like like uh, all these different accents are, are beautiful to listen to but it's not something you can actually teach you know that's what right. i mean because you yeah. already have your own accent that's right and you do pick up you know yeah. different uh, yeah. accents like i have probably you know uh, developed this this international sort of exactly. accent you know having yeah. lived in so many different yeah. countries but but I, I I do believe like I couldn't agree more with you on the fact that that it's not about you know what sort of passport you have anymore it's about how knowledgeable you are how experienced you are and and it's not even just the experience because you have to start somewhere obviously exactly. it's about how much you believe in yourself yes. I genuinely yes. I genuinely believe it all comes down to that whether you are you know capable of standing in front of a, a you know a class full of students and sort of like sell yourself you know exactly. what I mean? or commanding the audience exactly is what we exactly because it is a kind you know it's it's other than just being a knowledgeable teacher and knowing your stuff really yeah. knowing what you're doing um at the end of the day it's also kind of a performance because you exactly. want there you know you want there you want it to be you want it to be an engaged class yeah. and you know an enjoyable a fun one you want the class to leave with a big smile on their faces exactly. you know what i exactly. mean so yeah. so whether you do it as a native or a non-native honestly you know it all shows in your students performance yeah. and and you know how um, excited they are to come to your class exactly you know I yes yeah yes and and I think um, I think the 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 accent issue which you mentioned about having the international accent I really do believe that hmm. I do believe even for myself I mean I'm from New Zealand um, I mean even now when I go back to New Zealand I can't understand what some New Zealanders are talking about because mm. their accent is so strong um, and um, and they say to me oh you've lost your accent <laughs> I Whatever mean uh, you know and, and that that 
I, I don't know whether that's true. I, I, it probably is true, actually. Um, but I'd say for the, for the non-native English teacher, it is good for them to get out to other countries mm. and teach in other countries. Absolutely. And I'm sure that's what makes the, the, the English more kind of international. Exactly. Because, um, um, yeah, as I say, I think, I think if you stay teaching in your own country, nothing wrong with that. That's good. But um, yeah. you're more likely to, to even out your accent, I would mm. say, if you're teaching in a number of different countries that mm. are not your language, uh, first language uh, countries. Absolutely. So, so you were saying that you taught in uh, Italy and uh, Spain and so on. What would you say is the kind of current situation in Europe now mm. with people who are learning, uh, who are teaching English, who they are not at their native level, mm. but they're not supposedly have the passport from UK or whatever. What would you say is that? Yes, actually, I, I have to say that uh, the situation has improved significantly. Yeah. And I was really happy to find that I was working, you know, along with a lot of non-native speakers from, yeah. you know, countries around the world. Yeah. And it was never, not once, it was an issue. It was never an issue. And and like I said before, I mean. You know, you don't just walk into a, a language school like that. You you obviously have to prove, you know, that that you yeah. you uh, you should you should uh, you know you are an asset to that to that yeah. organization. Uh, by that I mean there is a probationary period, there is a um, obviously yeah. a demonstration class, and all these opportunities for them to see if you are the right person. And like I said. You know, I worked along with a lot of non-native speakers, and and the expectations are completely different because yeah. what they want is a good teacher, yeah. regardless of the passport they have. Well, I have to yeah. say that yeah. that yeah. in general, yeah. this is what I find. And yeah. and and uh, one more thing, just on on what you said earlier, which I find extremely important, that it's not so much about non-native native; it's about how open-minded you are right. and how open you are to to living in a different country yeah. independently and you know what I'm trying to say yeah. here so I, I find that that if you stay in your own country and you are a non-native speaker like you said of course there's absolutely you know yeah. nothing wrong with that that's yeah. uh, that's absolutely your choice it's just that if you want to get out of that country yeah then it could be a problem if you are not open enough if you if you don't mm. believe in yourself enough mm. if you and mm. if they can sense that yeah. then it's it could be an issue yeah which is which which it, which it isn't for a native speaker because for a native speaker uh, no you know regardless of whether they have lived in different countries or not because they their passport is from the UK or you know Australia New Zealand the USA they might just immediately you know automatically get a visa and then it's fine so you right. might need to work a bit harder but it's not so bad honestly yeah. i mean i i've you know i've been doing this for 13 years and and i haven't had any you know, really negative uh, yeah. Uh, experience. Yeah, and I think I think coming back to to the uh, original question, one piece of advice. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, uh, having like learning another language compared to the language that you grew up with and the language that you know you go to a class as an adult? Mm. Can you can you tell like what is the difference between those two experiences? 
As in, uh, as in, like I'm when you sure. when you like yeah. you grew up Hungarian, you grew up speaking Hungarian. Yes. That language acquisition mm. compared to the language acquisition of uh, being an adult and learning a language. Oh yes, yeah. I see what you mean. Of course, I mean it's it's uh, you know it's amazing how how um, deeper level of understanding you have you know towards a language that you learn as a foreign language yeah. like the structure yeah. the grammar yeah. like you know yeah. learning it from scratch being yeah. able to build the entire language from nothing yeah and then each and every stage you work on yourself as in like you know you have to learn the grammar the vocabulary you mm. you mm. you know it's just something that that uh, you don't really have a, a, a conscious understanding of learning yeah. you know like speaking your mother tongue because right. because you just you know listen to people speaking that language around you as a child and you just pick it up as you go yeah you just learn you know what everything is but um, if if I had to teach Hungarian right now, I wouldn't be able to. Oh yeah, because it's. I wouldn't it's, be able to without to... actually learning how to teach Hungarian. Yeah. Uh, of course, I've learned Hungarian grammar and literature yeah. and all these things, yeah. and of course, of course, you know, I speak Hungarian fluently, obviously, but. But I wouldn't be able to explain the rules and why, you know, like why this, especially Hungarian, is the second most difficult language in the world anyway. Oh, really? So that's, yeah. that's a, yeah, that's a yeah, different issue. Yeah. But I'm just saying that uh, just because I speak Hungarian, I'm a native speaker of Hungarian, I wouldn't be able to teach Hungarian. Hmm. There are a lot of skills you have to have yeah. to be, first of all, a good teacher yeah. and to understand what you are teaching. Yeah. It's not it's not it's not just, you know, it's not enough just to speak the language. You have to understand the structure of the language yeah. and and to be able to teach that to someone else is again, a, you know, it requires different skills. Right. And actually so so really what you're saying when you when you your your one piece of advice is when you learn um, when you're training to be a teacher or you're doing your, your first few years as a teacher it doesn't matter if you're a native or non-native teacher, mm. you should try to learn another language. Absolutely. Um, like if you're Japanese trying to learn, and you're teaching English, try and learn mm. French or something like that. That will at least ex expose your, uh, put yourself out of the comfort zone mm. of being comfortable in that language and learning something completely new. So you'll get that feeling of what it's like to be a student and, like, and what we were saying you'll be able to observe the teacher and say, why is this teacher really annoying me? Mm. Uh, or why is this teacher so amazing? So you can reflect on yourself as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and one thing I also wanted you to, to mention something about was um, how uh, the native level English teachers today um, have a lot more opportunities than they used to. Mm. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Sure. I mean, I have, you know, I distinctively remember how, how difficult it was back, you know, like 13 years ago yeah. uh, when I started. Of course, I didn't have much experience. I did have my CELTA. I did have my degree in teaching English yeah. uh, language and literature. So it wasn't like I was just, you know, uh, looking for something. Um, you know, which wasn't related to what I uh, I was studying. It was totally related and I was already passionate about teaching English, but it didn't really matter because back then, you know, I find that your passport mattered a whole lot more. Yeah. And the opportunities mm. were a lot, lot fewer. And and I 
I mean, it never really stopped me. I'm going yeah. to be honest with yeah. you. Like, I've always been courageous, and I, I always thought that when they didn't get back to me, I just went and knocked on the door, like I did here at Ali yeah. Language Center. Yeah. Back then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is, yes. I think, quite a you know, it, it encourages people yes. to hear things like yes. that because, and I always say that to people when when they are discouraged by not getting you know you know the amount of responses that they expect. Um, I think you just have to manage your expectations and you also have to believe that you are where you are supposed to be as in like you know if if they are not interested in you and and you really feel you have done your best you have tried your best there's only so much you can do that's right so yeah yeah. And, and and it's kind of um, you know their decision, whether it's their gain or their loss, is up to them, really. Exactly. Um, and and um, I, I think you, it's like actually anything. You know, you have to just keep pursuing um, the unthinkable in a way. You Absolutely. Know, um, and applying for jobs that you don't think you would ever have a chance of getting, but you you might Why get them. Not? Absolutely. Because things are changing. I mean, as I, as as I know myself in Europe. There's so many people now, particularly in Northern Europe, who speak English so perfectly. And yet they have a Swedish passport, Hungarian passport, you know, Norwegian passport. How can you say this person's not a native speaker? You know, you listen to them and you think, wow, you know, no accent, just absolute perfect English. I mean, that's a whole other topic, which we'll do another time. Sure, um, sure. How, how people have reached that level. But I think coming back to originally, again, you know, bringing it back to that word of advice is, you know, learn another language, like you say. Mm. And also, I think maybe we can add to that. Uh, if you are a native level teacher, not necessarily with a UK passport or whatever, sure. make your expectations higher. Yeah. You might actually get more than you think. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and yeah. do not ever get discouraged no. by you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So on that note, thank you very much, Chilla. Thank and, you, Aisha. Uh, it's been a wonderful experience mm-hmm. finding it's out about great. your experience, you. and I hope this has been of some benefit to a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot of support and encouragement from this. So thank you very much. Thank you, and Aisha. We'll see you again soon. And thanks everyone for yes. listening. <laughs> Hmm? I, I mentioned, you know, about a thousand times, you know, you know, I should, you know, you know, you know.